you are about to receive messages that may be harmful to your mental state. Your sense of reality will be questioned. Your view on things will be altered. You are now part of the meta. The meta controls everything. The meta determines what will and will not happen. You are watching the meta show. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Meta Show. Uh, it is a really interesting Saturday here in EVE Online. I'm proud to report because uh, it means we get to have a fun show. We have cool, interesting, complicated things to talk about involving spaceships blowing themselves up in vast numbers, an entire quadrant of the Galactic Northwest on fire, and a whole cast of ne'er-do-wells and rogues involved in that. Uh, so we're going to be diving into that a lot. Uh, as we go into the show. We have Jay Amazingness as a guest. We're going to be analyzing some of the conflicts involving the various Chinese alliances. We have FRT versus Ranger Regiment and the conflict that was originally on Serenity sort of being brought over. Uh, we have some drama, which is great, and involving nerds making shitty lame memes, which we'll show you. There's, there's just a bunch of stupid crap happening in EVE Online in the Northwest involving players murdering each other, and I think that's fantastic. So that's going to be our focus today. And uh, Brisk, what do you have for us? I'm going to hand things over and you can take it away. Well, i got a couple of housekeeping items, and thanks again for, uh, for joining us as always. It's a rainy Saturday here in, in Washington, so uh, I'm happy to be on the show and not outside getting wet. Uh, First thing I want to remind everybody on the show today is this is the last day, last full day uh, or last full weekend of the Plex for Good campaign. If you are interested in donating to help our brother out in Australia, uh, you can send your in contract, your in-game is uh, Plex, I should say, to CCP Plex for Good, the character. Uh, they are still collecting those through tomorrow evening, Sunday, the 26th of January. So there's still time to get uh, that Plex in if you wanted to do it. The second thing I want to remind everybody on is if you have not logged in this weekend, you are missing out. Log in all your accounts. There is a bonus skill point weekend. Uh, CCP is giving away uh, 250,000 skill points to anybody just for logging in. This is stuff that we typically do anyway, so it's a good excuse. If you haven't done that, get on that and, and take advantage of these free skill points. Um, at some point, I'm sure we will do a show about skill points and monetization and what's okay and Eve and what's not and what CCP is good at and what they're not. That's not today, but remember to go log in anyway, because we want you to do that. So moving on, my rant. And you guys have heard this from me before, so this is not going to be anything new, but since this was specifically requested, I'm putting in the chat, CCP Dopamine tweeted the other day uh, that he wanted to hear from players about what our concerns were with patch notes and what we wanted to see from the patch notes, in particular, uh, any, any, any live dump of, of, of the patch notes that we wanted to, uh, to do. And since I have a very large soapbox, thanks to Mittens and, and our friends on Imperium News, I'm going to get on my soapbox and talk a bit about what I want to Go see in the it, patch baby. notes. Go for it, baby. Go for it. All right. First thing, number one, I want to see in the patch notes. I want to see the patch notes before the patch. The last pa patch notes came out literally the day the patch went through. I don't like that. I, I'm sorry. I've said this before and I'll say it again. And maybe this makes me a boomer, even though I'm not. I don't like being surprised. And it frustrates me, especially in a game like Eve, where so many decisions that players make about the things that they're going to do in the game, when they're going to do them, the types of stuff that we all get involved in requires a lot of planning ahead of time. 
having the rug pulled out from under you by a CCP meta change that you weren't aware of or weren't prepared for can have serious consequences on what you want to do in the game. So if you're going to release a patch, unless it is something that is so super involved, like detail-wise, that getting any information out to the players early would destroy the value of the patch, and that's almost never, to be honest, and it wasn't last time either, give us the patch notes at least a week in advance. Let us have an opportunity to see what's going to be in the game, read it, think about it, let the EVE media, shows like us, open comms, push to talk, talking in stations, let these guys have an opportunity to sit down, dig into the patch notes, figure out what are the really important changes and the ones that aren't, and get that out to the community. Because I'll tell you right now, I've talked to tons of players over the years, and the fact is, many of them don't read the patch notes anyway. They count on getting this information from Reddit, from the forums, from the shows that they watch, or from their fellow players. So we need to have that information ahead of time so we can help disseminate it out to the community. If we don't have it, then they don't have it. And people get mad when stuff, they log in and all of a sudden, oh, hey, why are half my modules off on this ship? Well, you missed that there was a change in the game. So we need to do that. That's the first thing. The second thing is transparency. Put everything you're changing in the patch notes in the patch notes. If you're going to change something in a patch, don't just stealth nerf this stuff or stealth fix things. We've had multiple times over the last year where there have been minor tweaks to anomaly spawn rates, minor tweaks to, to drone damage, or fighter chip mechanics, and things like that that nobody knew about until all of a sudden it shows up, and we have to figure this out on our own. There is nothing more annoying than when something isn't, supposed, isn't working the way you expect it is, and there's no reason for it. And what happens then? You get superfluous bug reports. You get a lot of complaining from people who think that maybe there's something wrong with the game that clogs up the, the game masters and clogs up all the email when people are sending in reports for stuff that's supposed to be working as intended, but people just didn't know because you didn't put it in the patch notes. So transparency, please put it in the patch notes. And then the last thing is just consistency. Get a format, stick with the format, get them out on the same day or the same time so that we, we know what's coming and we're prepared for it. That, I think, those three things, if you just, you get them out a week ahead of time, they're, you're transparent and don't stealth stuff without putting it in there, and that you're just consistent, that will go a long way to improving patch notes for, for the players. And I think that's something that we all will get behind and that we all will want. And yes, I fully recognize that it is completely ironic for a Republican to be talking about transparency, but fuck off. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things, I, I agree with all of that. Uh, one of the things that is, uh, I, I have a degree of sympathy towards CCP on this one, because uh, even though I do agree with everything that Brisk said, because, you know, they've had some turnover in terms of like the community team, and they sort of like fell off the wagon. Like there have been eras in the history of EVE Online where CCP did give patch notes at least a week ahead of time, and there were dev blogs and really sort of advanced notice. Uh, and then after there was some uh, staff turnover, essentially churn, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, that aspect of uh, CCP has essentially, I believe, I don't really know, but guessing uh, that they've had to kind of rebuild that capacity, right? And we really saw sort of the low point, I think, was uh, the sort of lack of messaging regarding the ending of the blackout. Uh, these, we've seen some like ex post facto dev blogs 
Uh, and it's a bad look. It's not professional, but the company has gone through some trouble and they seem to be writing things. And the rest of the show is going to be about spaceship warfare. So, you know, things are, are heading in the right direction. Uh, and I do hope to see CCP sort of uh, fix it. So, yeah, there you go. Um, what are we going to be uh, talking about next? All right. Well, I got, next, we're just going to jump right into it. This is our main topic of the show, and it's got a little bit of the MER involved. It's got a little bit of the war in the North. But essentially, we're going to be talking about the war in the Northwest and the war between the Chinese alliances. I want to thank and, and welcome back Jay Amazingness, who serves not only as our producer and as the Imperium's capital, super capital FC, but he also happens to be our only resident, really resident expert on the Chinese community and Eve that we can get readily get on the show on a couple of during Chinese. Notes. Yeah, <laughs> during like it's also zone, it's right? Chinese New Year. So like it, it's really hard to actually get somebody on this. But this is going to be something that we are uh, working on over the next couple of weeks as we have uh, as we have more news coming out of there. Um, so yeah, thank you, Jay, for coming on board. Uh, and I also want to jump in here with another quick shout out. We had uh, Sideth, I don't know if I'm, or Sideth or Sideth gave like 25 subs to the channel uh, in the middle of our rants. And thank you so much. That was a huge outpouring of uh, random generosity and that's awesome. So you get a special shout out for that. Um, okay, so, uh, I think the, the first question, if we're going to be sort of doing a, a whole show about what the fuck is happening in the Galactic Northwest, uh, I want to I'm going to start with something that actually dovetails with the monthly economic report. And then I'm going to ask Jay to give us just a broad overview of what the fuck is happening. Uh, so before we get there, uh, we saw the monthly economic report come out. And what was striking about it, this hit, I guess, a couple weeks ago now, and we were only just now getting around to talking about it on the show, we're not going to go into a whole deep dive on economics, but there's one critical thing in the EMER that uh, is quite important as it relates to the Galactic Northwest, uh, which is the FRT OASA graph. OASA has shot from a, you know, it's a random ass drone region into competing with Delve and Aquarius as uh, one of the most profit uh, making areas in the game. Uh, it has essentially become, you know, it's unassailable, it's untouchable, you can't really interfere with it very easily because of its geographic positioning. And just out of nowhere, Owasa went from, you know, what the hell ever into like the number two region um, because FRT has settled in and done that. Now, this dovetails into what's happening in the Northwest, which is quite interesting because FRT seems to be trying to take branch even though they're already going gangbusters in Owasa. Uh, so Jay, could you uh, kind of give us a broad overview, assuming that we know nothing and tell us who the players are, what they're after, and what the fuck is going on? Well, Jay, hold on one second before you get into I want to I throw up these graphs because I think they're pretty striking, and I want uh, just to, to make it clear what Mintz was talking about. If you look at November's mining numbers, Delve obviously is off the chart. We all, you know, it always is, 4.5 billion plus in, in total, mining, total mining value by region. Owasa is right in the middle there. It's not even 500 billion. It's a tiny little bit of middle, uh, amount. Syndicate, a bunch of areas. Omist in the middle of freaking nowhere. A lot of places uh, beat them that month. Now, look at December. From December, in one, a one month time period, Owasa jumps from like number 30, like in the middle, to number three. 
They're the third largest in terms of total mining value. They more than doubled the amount of mining that they were doing in the region in that time period. Now, look, let's look at the November ratting numbers, which I think are even starker. November ratting, OASA's in the top 15. They, they, they put in about 1.5, a little less than 1.5 billion, maybe 1.3 billion in, in ratting income, or I should, should say 1.3 trillion in ratting income in that time period, which is a lot. It's, it's not a huge amount compared to, obviously, Outer Passage and Delve, which had ridiculous amounts of ratting going on. But let me show you the December numbers, because this is kind of crazy. Number two, it flies out of, like, way at the bottom there, almost doubles again. It's over $4.5 trillion isk ratted in a single month. That just came out of nowhere. And that's just, it's just weird. So that's that's kind of what put this on our radar, and that's why we wanted to start talking to Jay about what's going on in the Northwest. So go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry to cut you off there. Hi, thanks for having me back on. Um, so as far as the MER is concerned, the group that live is currently living in Oasa, which is FRT, moved there from out of passage. So it's important to look at these two uh, regions in the same sort of time span. So in November, in Outer Passage, you had very high numbers again, and then they moved um, to Oasa. So you're seeing these huge numbers. So if you see on the graph there, Outer Passage is is uh, is kind of ridiculous. I mean, combining and, Outer Passage and Oasa, it, it even dwarfs Delph. I mean, that's crazy. It does, yeah. That's sort of uh, to be expected after you... You're, you're expecting your members to crab more after they've lost a war. So when they lost their war to test, it's expected that people will be energized after that. They want to, you know, build more Titans, build more supers. But even after the X-47 battle, from even from us and Panfam after that battle, you didn't see nowhere near this much activity. Uh, it is quite um, concerning. Especially with the uh, the Reddit thing that came out this week, which was the uh, the negative uh, like one point something trillion from a couple months ago, it was the old wallet UI, but it was a screenshot from the FRT Holding Corp, I believe. Yeah, they had, That's no, right. So essentially, I if that. I recall correctly, what that was was, uh, and this was I want to say it was six months or so ago, uh, FRT's Holding Corporation was dinged by CCP for allowing ratting income that had been, you know, botted, uh, that they were using that and that was being paid in, in taxes into the, into the, into the corp wallet. And they negged the entire wallet to the point that it was like negative over a trillion ISK, which I think at the time was, was probably the biggest, uh, single removal of ISK from a, a corp wallet that we had seen at least, you know, up to that point. And that was kind of a big deal. And I think the community, at that time started really started complaining about botting. And I think they've done a lot. CCP's done a lot in the, in the meantime to address the botting situation, but that kind of, I think it gave rise to a lot of the fraternity or botters. These guys are botting. Look at all this botting going on. The drone regions are full of bots. And it's just kind of, that, that, that's been a stereotype and, and a, and a meme for a while. And I think that just fed into that, into that whole argument. hundred percent. Uh, I, I want to jump in here a little bit. One of the things that is interesting about watching fraternity sort of develop is uh, for the first while that they were sort of on the, the map in terms of NullSec politics, 
you know, there were, of course, all these accusations about botting and whatever. And we're going to leave that aside. Like, as far as the Internet is concerned, everybody in EVE is always botting all the time and everybody is, uh, you know, whatever. Um, now, I think that it is inarguable that something fishy is happening in Owasa because when you see even combining the outer passage numbers, when you see that level of regional exploitation, uh, it's kind of crazy right now. Remember, guys, we know about botting bans by Alliance because uh, I guess it was almost a year ago now, CCP released the pie chart of shame that they actually showed which alliances are responsible for this kind of stuff. And so, you know, in chat, somebody was like, ooh, goons bot or whatever. And, you know, you can see from CCP's data which alliances are more responsible. And spoiler, spoiler alert, the Imperium are actually the good guys. So if you're whining about it, go fuck yourself. But um, what is interesting to me about the Owasa situation more than uh, the numbers on the MER is the level of organization that is required. Because here's the thing, let's say that FRT are botters, let's say that Goonstorm are botters, let's say whoever is a botter, and they were always doing that. Well, all of a sudden you see such a huge increase of it. And they actually defend Owasa really well. Like if you go up there and oh, yeah. you try to hunt in Owasa, uh, they have grown, fraternity has grown in terms of their organizational maturity to a point where they functionally have almost like an Imperium level of umbrella. Uh, they have doctrines for how their PVE ships need to be fit. Like they are like FRT, I think has been underestimated in a lot of ways because most of their conflicts that they're known for have been them slap fighting with test and these long, slow wars of attrition. And I think what has happened is, is that since they went to Owasa, uh, it, it really seems like they got serious, right? And I mean, really, you know, chart breaking serious. And speaking as a turbo nerd who spends way too much time thinking about and like doing Eve online shit, I can tell another person when, you know, I can see another alliance when they're they're going try hard serious business mode because that's all I do all the time is try hard serious business mode. Um, so I think that's a, it's a really interesting dynamic where you have FRT has really stepped up their regional exploitation resource extraction game. And now they're involved in this sort of conquest of branch, but their allies, uh, well, I, let's, what's happening, Jay? Why are they trying to take, uh, you know, if they're doing so well in Owasa, uh, you know, if you can speak a little bit Owasa versus Branch and what the motivations behind all this are, if you know. I think the main reason they're, they're looking to go after, after Branch and, uh, and Tinal is it, it's in some ways it's better space in terms of number of true sex systems in range and you're shooting better rats, arguably. Come on, throw uh, you also have um, easier rats to bot against, like um, AFK Myrmidons do a lot better against Garista's rats than they do against uh, the, the EM dealing drone rats. And they're easier to kill, all that sort of stuff. But it's really, really weird to see them wanting to leave Oasa, which is a very uh, isolated region in a way. Like the whole drone lands is isolated because it has no direct uh, NPC space that you can stage out of and hit it. And that's so, one of the things that I think is frustrating, at least for those of us who try to go hunting up there. And I think Mittens' point was absolutely valid. You know, and it has gone up and hit these guys 
in Outer Passage and in Owasa a couple of times. We've taken, you know, Kiki Stuka fleets up. And I'll tell you, the, the ability of fraternity to respond with their super cap umbrella in an overwhelming fashion has ramped up dramatically in just like yeah, the last six months. Well, it's I, I absolutely would, crazy. I would classify them as delve level of aggressive. In oh, terms absolutely. Of I'll tell you, I, just anecdotally, the last, I, I almost say it's the last time, but one of the fleets, we went up and we tackled, I want to say like seven or eight fraternity Rorquals. I think we killed one of them before they dropped a super fleet on us uh, on the grid with the Rorquals. And that wasn't the end. That was the beginning. We ended up, we were trying to get back to a drifter wormhole and they knew where we were going. And they had Bosun Titans on every single gate for like seven gates everywhere. we. And by the time we were gone, the entire fleet had gotten Bosun. We all died. There was no way to get out. That level of, that, that level of organization and also the testicular fortitude to drop that many supers not supported in, in, the, in different regions over the same area space, you don't see that very often. And I think that a lot of that is because Owasa and Outer Passage are so uh, isolated, but also because Fraternity is very confident in what they're doing now. And that's not the same alliance that we saw from these guys just a couple months ago. So I got to give them credit for that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's fascinating to me because uh, you I don't really want to get stuck into one of the things we're going to be getting to as we move to a broader analysis is that uh, there's essentially no good guys in this conflict in the Northwest, right? So I want to separate the analysis of what is FRT doing in Owasa from a command and control and like leadership and management and coordination perspective separate from hey, these guys clearly have a botting problem in Owasa, right? They've been, you know, they've gotten neg walleted for RMT before, like they show up on the pie chart of shame, but there have been tons of botting oriented alliances in around sort of the, the, the you know, uh, shadows of EVE throughout EVE's history. But the behavior of organizing and defending their people and doing it so relentlessly is new not only from a like botting oriented alliance, uh, but also just from fraternity in general. It seems like it's a different alliance. I'm not sure whether suddenly, uh, you know, I think maybe losing, I think they spent so much time fighting against legacy and losing slowly that when they got to Owasa, uh, they, they, you know, the leadership and coordination, the command and control has gotten very hardcore at a level that we very rarely see an alliance and Eve sort of change like that right like you know normally you don't see that happen uh because it requires lots of people lots of talent lots of dedication and an axe to grind like unless you're really pissed off about something you're usually not going to bust your ass to set off you know to set up like a, a delve style umbrella uh, so i think it's a it's a really kind of a, a novel scenario strategically speaking and the fact that not only have they organized and set up all this production capacity now they are going to war but I, I want to segue here. One of the things that's really weird about it, and this is something that I wasn't on this op, so Jay, uh, either you or Brisk can can talk about this, or both of you can. Uh, but you know, they're on the side of NC and PL. FRT is, and they're attacking Guardians of the Galaxy, and like Ranger Regiment is in there too. Deadco, I should say, not uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and we saw this really weird sort of messaging for an alarm clock op just a couple of days ago from NC dot, which has brought up just a bunch of uh, just like garbage tier, like 
weird, like they're making fun of the coronavirus that's affecting China and now affecting the world because it's spreading with this whole like weird anti-vax meme thing that seems on the face of it kind of like anti-Chinese when they're attacking Ranger Regiment. This is coming from NC Dot, and we'll be displaying some of these memes here in a second. But it's weird because the main like strategic force for potentially taking Branch and Tinel is fraternity who are Chinese. So like there's this really strange Gur China, let's fight against China kind of vibe from the messaging from NC and PL as they're attacking Ranger Regiment but they're fighting alongside fraternity to put fraternity and branch. So maybe you guys can talk a little bit about that. And uh, if one of you can tell the story of uh, what happened on that op and where are these shitty memes coming from? Jay, if, if actually, if Jay, if you could do us a favor, I want to get into that because I think that's important and we do want to show this stuff because this some of the stuff. I think is, I've jumped the gun. Yeah, you're right. If you didn't jump the gun, but some of the stuff is just disturbing, but I think we need to lay the groundwork a little bit more because mm -hmm. You know, honestly, at least from my experience, uh, the Chinese community in Eve has been very opaque. It's very hard to see inside that because they're very insular. Now we have, we obviously have some Chinese corporations and goons. There are some other uh, groups that I've I've played with that that have Chinese players in them. But Jay, could you walk us a little bit through the history with Serenity? You know, the the, the different alliances that are here now, whether it's Mangoes, whether it's Ranger Regiment, whether it's uh, Fraternity and the West of Winterco. Could you talk a little bit about that stuff? Because you know that better than we do. So on Serenity, FRT was an alliance called Star Chaser, I think, where most they had most of their characters in. The underdog on Serenity, they they were the, the small guy always getting bullied out by PIBC, which was the mega, them owning three quarters of the map, thousand man Titan fleet or the dream <laughs> but uh but yeah so uh pibc which was formed of uh army of mangoes mostly you have army of mangoes uh leader quote-unquote uh fulcrum who's now in uh which was in the pibc he was like the main fc you have uh corpse from grooms form like uh pla were um the member of pibc and you have uh ranger regiment And uh, all these people are now on, on our server in different um, capacities. In different alliances. Yeah, in different capacities. They're in different alliances now. So they're, they're not, they're all spread out. So they're not blue to each other. But the main thing is that fraternity and uh, the conflict between fraternity and Ranger Regiment is more than, it's two servers deep at this point. And it, it, was it ever personal? Because it seems like a lot of the stuff that's going on in the Northwest right now seems to be kind of personal. Is, is there is there any kind of personality conflicts that are going on up there? Or is this really just these guys are playing the game and trying to build empires? I think it, it's, it's developed to the level of being personal, yeah, because FRT just got there. Um, it's, it's very... Um, it, it's they're, they're really focusing on how how much the uh, F, Ranger Regiment bot along is what they're doing. Every opportunity they get, they call them botters, while themselves being blue to any VDBG and uh, FRT. See that 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 to me, I find so, that that's one of the things that I think is frustrating. And, and I'm going to throw up just this is a this is a typical ex example of the low 
lowbrow memes that we've been seeing that have been coming out of this conflict recently. This, this is a typical thing. Brave NC dot forces fighting bothering terrorists and thugs. And you got you got darkness and, and the GOT and Ranger Regiment on one side. They throw up that that uh uh Xi Xiaoping uh you know panda uh, that pooh bear thing that everybody that the Chinese hate. And you got all these other guys on the other side trying to oh they we're we're fighting and it's 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 obviously that's a Hong Kong related reference. And I mean just just the level of of shit tier meme this is that these guys are putting out there, they're trying to act like they're going up and fighting Ranger Regiment because these guys are botters when they're alongside people that have been neg walleted over a trillion because of botting in their, in their alliance. I mean, it's like, do you guys really want to go is... there? This doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, you know, from a, from a, from a purely, you know, non-hypocritical yeah, standpoint. Is... It doesn't make a lot of sense it, it, to me. It's a it. shit here. It's like a really weird flex to be making when you're like, we're going to kill Ranger Regiment because they're botters. And here is some like, vaguely edgelord like 2005 era internet uh you know the kind of thing that you would see from uh i don't know adversity i would see you know many years ago you would see like an adversity style like we're being edgy racist ha 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 memes and it's strange to me because we're seeing that for like a big push for an op from nc dot to help frat who have maxed out the MER in Owasa with obviously a very well-coordinated, and again, I'm praising the command and control layer that FRT has apparently developed after losing a war uh, to Legacy, and that this is new, it did not seem to be there, but they are very clearly botting, right? Their command and control has suddenly like doubled or tripled, the botting as a result has increased, but they're also Chinese, just like Ranger Regiment. And so NCDOT is all like, basically, you know, the Chinese suck. So we're going to war on the behalf of fraternity because it's just, it just doesn't make any fucking sense, basically. Like, somebody in chat is saying that they've been watching this and they still don't know what's going on. And we're trying to piece it together. And Vili here is in chat as well. And please, Vili, like, sound off and tell us what the fuck when we screw this up. Because uh, we basically, um, as far as I can tell, as far as I can tell, you have Deadco, you have Deadco's allies, which includes Ranger Regiment, and uh, I think Siberian Squad's up there. Yeah, Siberian Squad. Hey, can you? Uh, They're all okay, part of yeah. that. So too. Siberian Squad's up there too, and then uh, you have this incursion attempting to take uh, Tenel and Branch with the ultimate goal of being able to put FRT in Branch, and I don't know who they want to put in Tenel. Um, but one of the things that's really sort of weird from an Imperium perspective, looking at this, and if you saw the fireside chat earlier, you sort of have heard my rant on this, but uh, this is a sort of a, a weird war in that there doesn't really seem to be any kind of good guys anywhere. Like from my personal Imperium-y kind of perspective, like, you know, we like to have, this is the good guys, and these are the bad guys, and we're gonna go to war, and we're gonna hurt a whole lot of dwarfs. And it, it's really fascinating to watch a whole bunch of just really weird, kind of hypocritical, very confusing, who the hell is doing what up there and why with a very, la you know, there's not like, oh, these are the good guys, we should be supporting them, or these are bad guys. It's like, you know, if I could nuke the, the Galactic Northwest from orbit uh, without sending forces there, I would I would do it. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, it's, it's just, it's like a weird, 
I mean, it's a clusterfuck. It's a fucking clusterfuck. Let's just call it right. what it is. So, and, and, and I think, you know, to, to Mitten's point, that, that's one of the things we're trying to get a handle on because, you know, frankly, looking at this as an outsider, I don't know who to cheer for. I mean, obviously, I, I'm probably going to cheer for dead coaches because I kind of like, you know, room for the underdog. But the shit tier and really cringeworthy memes that have been coming out of, of PanFam uh, up north in the Northwest are just, that, that that's just frustrating to me. Because these guys, I seem to recall a time when NC Dot was the, the highbrow alliance that criticized the poor idiots and goons and, and test who would make these cringy memes all why do you guys have to do that why can't you be mature adults and now they're descending into this you know poor behavior and then there was also over the weekend uh, a number of timers in Tenal. i think there were 16 some timers uh for ihubs in, uh, in the sov war and i think deadco ended up losing like 10 of them yesterday but they had been we had saw we saw panfam and nc dot in particular pinging Massive CTAs and red pens to get everybody to show up to the point that they were offering people prizes if they would show up in fleet. And I got, we have uh, our spies, a friend of ours in NC Dot sent this over. Uh, this is just, we've got pings from Brother Bob basically saying, if you come out here and you do the CTA and you log in, we've got supers we're going to hand out, we got Zernitras we're going to hand out, you know, and this is from Horn and NC Dot both saying, come on out and do it. And if you get, and we'll also give you money for Killmails Ahanzo, who's the uh, the FC for Ranger Regiment, or or you know we'll give you uh, you know Titan and Imperium Monitor Killmails. We'll give you stuff for it's just and, and it's just funny that they're that 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 this is the type of stuff that these guys have been reduced to because it's the kind of thing they used to make fun of 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 NC uh, of goons and Imperium for doing when we would you know pay FCs and those types of things. So it's just I think that's funny. I just think it's funny. When you what, throw was the, out, uh, what was the object of that op? Was that for trying to blow up a, uh, a Keepstar grid iHub or a, like a, an iHub guarding a Keepstar? Or this happened on Thursday, I think, and I, I missed it. So, Jay, are you familiar with that? Because I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I was. I was there on the. Okay. Uh, the so iHub what was the, What was the goal for that uh, event? Uh, was to defend two Keepstar iHubs. Okay, so it's keeps um, our IHUB defenses. Right. Systems, systems that are there were other IHUBs that were coming out around the same time, but no one was making a serious attempt at those uh, because they're in systems that have been, you know, for lack of a better word, given up already. Um, the thing at the point this point is defending the keep store IHUBs because once you lose a keep store IHUB, the hostels can then put staging uh, citadels on the grid easily. You know, there's no like weak timer to hype up the anchoring of a hostile Fortisar or whatever. So, but, um, so just to go from there, you know, we also saw, and Redline is alluding to it in the chat, and we'll get there. In response, there were claims that Ranger Regiment was actively paying their players to join fleets in order to, to defend these things, and that it was completely ridiculous for for Ranger Regiment to be complaining that NC Dot was handing out free ships if they were going to be handing out actual cash money. Now, as I understand it, and this whole situation, I'll throw it, there's another ping from 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 uh, from Lady Scarlet that talks about uh, this and, and, and what the accusation is, I understand it is, and Red Light and the rest of these guys can correct me if I'm wrong in the chat. Apparently, there's a, tr there's a tradition in China for the Chinese New Year 
they hand out red envelopes that have money in them to people. And it's a, it's a common thing. Workers, do, you know, bosses do it to their workers. Unmarried people do it to unmarried kids and things like that. It's like it's just a way to, to, to welcome in the new year. And this is alluded to in this ping from Lady Scarlet because they're talking about lucky red envelopes and everything. That essentially, as I understand it, on one of the fleets that Ranger Regiment put together, they pooled their money into a, bi a big red envelope and handed out awards to people that for showing up in the fleet. Now, as I understand it, and, and granted, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, there's accusations from NC Dot and PanFam that this was RMT because they were essentially buying people and getting them to show up uh, in, in, in the game, and, and you're, not allowed to, you're not allowed to do that. Um, whether or not this is true, whether or not this is a cultural thing that just got lost in translation, I can't say. But the fact that you've got people making fun of, the, of a tradition and trying to turn it into something that maybe it isn't, that just adds another layer of was, cringe to this like whole thing. There's an awful lot of stuff to organize, right? Uh, right. in, the, in the in the space of like how long is it between an iHub breath and an iHub coming out? It's like 24 hours, right? 48 hours? Yep. Uh, you got 256 people to mail each other money. Okay. It doesn't right. sound that realistic to be honest with you. And that, and that's the thing. Like I I could totally see this as a as a as a you know an, the Eve equivalent of a secret Santa kind of thing that we would do. Uh, but because it's tied to people that showed up in this fleet then, of course, it's going to give rise to all of these claims that there's some kind of, 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 uh, of, of RMT going on, which I, don't, I doubt that there is. But the fact that you have one alliance fighting another and they're throwing these accusations around and potentially talking about going to CCP and the like, it's just, have we, are, we, are we back to that point in EVE where the only way you can win is by getting CCP to ban the people you don't like? Are we, are we at that point now again? We can't just fight in the game. We got to play these outside, you know, not not the good kind of meta game, but the, the dickhead kind of meta games. Is that really the, where we are? That's proved yeah. on the op that it, it it is probably the only way they can win because they lost the op. They they didn't destroy the two keeps to buy I hubs. That's a that, that, that that's a fair point. Like one of the things about this that that is interesting to me is that like the level and it could just be a lack of cultural competence on my part, right? Like I want to make it very clear that I have an extraordinarily minimal understanding of the nuances of Chinese culture, Chinese player culture, or any of these things. So, you know, I, I think I think it's fascinating what we're beginning to learn and what we're observing and having the, you know, a war between, uh, basically a war that started on serenity has now migrated to tranquility and is, you know, in one edition or another continuing to be fought. And I think that's badass as hell. So I want to put that out here as a caveat before I piss off a whole many billions of people by saying the wrong thing in the wrong way. Caveat aside, uh, what's strange about this shit to me is that the level of fuckery, like when I say fuckery, again, sort of like what Brisk is talking about is like sort of beyond the pale metagaming, going and making petitions, or like it's sort of the nasty level of metagaming that we, you know, you see in something like the Great War or the Casino War. Like those are, oh, I think I just figured it out. I'm confused hmm. because I'm looking too much at the NCPL and Horde side because I can read English and read their shit, right? But what I'm missing, I was about to say, this war is confusing because it's so nasty and yet it seems too early for that. But what Vili was saying in chat earlier and what lines up because I can't read Chinese is that 
it's a nasty war because it has been a nasty war even when it was on Serenity. So if you're only looking at the English-speaking player base, uh, it seems like, wow, this has accelerated quickly. These people must be really angry, but this war is just getting started. Why, are, why is there this level of anger and nastiness and metagamey shit going on? And the answer is, uh, duh, mittens, it is the Chinese equivalent of the Great War that has simply followed here. I mean, this is like Band of Brothers and Ginsworm trying to slaughter each other. Uh, and here we are. That's a theory. I could be wrong. But I just that, got a text from makes, Billy. That so makes, I need that to makes perfect out. sense. That makes perfect sense for why fraternity would be angry at Ranger Regiment or Mangoes would be angry at fraternity or, or whatever. It doesn't explain the dumb shit behavior of NC Dot and PanFam towards Ranger Regiment. And a lot of it based solely on the fact that they're Chinese. I just don't understand it. I mean, you are, you're fighting alongside the biggest we'll start Chinese with alliance in the game, right? Well, started with NC Dot going up there and basically losing and getting their asses kicked by Ranger Regiment and Siberian Squad. So they had to deploy supers. Wasn't enough. Had to bring in Horde. Now they're bringing in FRT. It, it, that's how it started. You can kind of see where um, the, the dumbassery started. It, it's, it's because that was with NC Dot. And I, and I think and I, it's, it's, this will not be the first time where a little bit of hubris has gotten a, a big alliance in trouble when they think, oh, it's not a big deal, I'll just go stomp these guys and we'll glass their region and be done with it. And then they realize, oh, they're actually fighting back. This is a little tougher than we thought. That happens quite a bit. But I just, I think that the, the level of animosity and the attempts to paint all the Ranger Regiment guys as botters when you're alongside a group that has been legitimately accused. And this is not just, this is not fake accusations like I got tar, you know, tarred with and, and fake bans. These are legit bans for people that were actually doing stuff wrong you know, and, and that nobody is arguing against, that, that they're going to go out there and make those arguments. And then they throw in this whole anti-vaxxer thing. And let me, let me throw up this, this meme that we, we saw. Yeah, this, this is something I saw and I was horrified. But and, like regardless of the free Hong Kong meme or whatever, like this, this is fucked up. Right. Like, it's not like, oh, my God, bloody shirt into the world. But like, there's just so many layers of stupidity regarding this, you know, please join our fleet. I think this is an NC dot meme uh, where, I mean, I, I don't even really know where to start. Right. It, it's not all that funny. It doesn't make any sense. The coronavirus thing is extremely serious and has already spread around the world. And it is a world health crisis that might actually result in an economic implosion that has knock on effects that people are not really understanding. If you have uh, actually just a, a little bit of a rant here, actually, this isn't a rant. This is a like educate yourself opportunity, I guess. I don't know. I've I recently read a, a William Gibson novel that came out a while ago, uh, six years ago, I guess he wrote in 2014 called uh, the peripheral and uh, it's great great cyberpunky sort of science fiction uh, but william gibson is almost uh, prophetic in his ability to predict the future uh, to a way that's just frightening if you go back and read some of his older shit uh, and one of the things that he talks about there that i think is very relevant to the coronavirus and why i'm like what the fuck here uh, is that um basically humans don't really handle complexity well, right? Like the way that our brains are set up, we look for a single cause for most situations. And in EVE, we are confronted with complexity as a concept 
far more often, right? So things happen for a multitude of reasons. Causality is rarely unitary. And one of the reasons why the uh, coronavirus thing is freaky to me, not so much the meme. The meme just fucking sucks. It's cringeworthy. It's a bad look done by an idiot who is on the same side, fighting on the side of fraternity. And you're going to post a meme like that to rally your troops. Like what a fucking insulting look. However, the jackpot. Gibson has this theory uh, that I read it and I was like, oh my God, we're in this. Like it started probably several years ago and we haven't even realized it yet of essentially a, instead of an apocalypse or sort of scenario where it's a single cause, this happens, somebody gets nuked or there's a war or whatever. Uh, Gibson's jackpot includes things like, oh, well, Australia's on fire or California's on fire. Oh, and we just lost a whole bunch of different species. And oh, hey, there's a coronavirus and maybe it doesn't kill tons of people, but it causes an economic collapse over here. And the idea of instead of having like one big bad shit that's awful going on, there's a whole bunch of different things that are too complicated for us to understand until they're already happening. And then Jesus Christ, and he kills a bunch of people. And anyway, the peripheral great book, and he just came out with uh, the agency, which I haven't read yet. Um, but when I look at this, at this stuff involving like the coronavirus, it does kind of give me the heebie-jeebies because of the, the whole jackpot thing. Anyway. Yeah, I'll, but I'll tell you, to admit, from my perspective, it gives me the heebie-jeebies because what kind of asshole makes jokes about a fucking outbreak that's killing people right now in another country? I mean, that would be like making memes about, you know, Hurricane Katrina. Or making memes I also about don't the think Australian we even have fires. a vaccine like, I mean, for the coronavirus. Just, like, just, but that's the thing. Like they're acting like, I mean, I, and maybe it's just me, but you know what? Uh, as far as I know, the the biggest group of anti-vaxxers in the world are right here in my country. So making fun of Chinese people for this, I, I don't. I'm not aware that there's a big anti-vax movement in China. There yeah, is one I here. Don't think that. <laughs> I mean, come on. So, but but in, I mean, you're, look, you, you, this is this is not the kind of shit you joke about. And the fact that, I mean, and I've, got, I've had, I put this up on the screen when you were talking because this is from Lady Scarlet. I love Lady Scarlet. She's great. But you know what? Put on your mask and help quarantine these Chinese anti-vaxxers. That's not okay. That's bullshit. Okay? Especially when you are fighting alongside people that live in the country and you're making fun of them because you think it, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, t a meme that you can use to, to give a hard time to the guys that you're fighting. Come on. That's bullshit. That's not, that's not okay. And, it, and, it, and it's hilarious to me that we still, even in 2020, have to say this stuff. I thought all the tissue and adversary stuff was gone and the Jew jokes and all other kind of nonsense. We had finally purged that out of the game. And then we're seeing the same kind of crap again. It's like this is low tier, low brow stuff, guys. We got to be better than this. This is a worldwide game. You got to be better than this. I... Uh... Brisk can make that rant happen. I cannot. I have way too much blood and atrocity on my hands. But I'm glad that at least one of us still has some degree of moral sensitivities enough to get offended look, by and, something. And, I mean, but, I you, think know, it's but a, you know, but here's the thing. And, and, and fuck you guys if you think this is politically correct. This is not politically correct. It's not about being politically correct. It's about not being an asshole. And if you think that it's okay in the middle of a fucking internet spaceships game, to be making jokes about something that's actively happening and killing people. If you think that's okay, then you got to take a step back and question why you do that. All right. And that's me as a Republican saying that that's me as a conservative saying that that's me as an American saying that. And if I'm the one saying it, then maybe you guys should fucking listen and stop pretend to acting like this is some kind of like snowflake thing. I mean, this is, this is not okay. Guys, come on. Just, just be, be a, a rational, nice, 
kind, sympathetic, empathetic human being for five seconds and recognize that this is not the type of shit we should be saying to each other. Okay, that's all. That's it. Off my soapbox. You get two rants it, out of me today. It, it, yeah, it's if goons have to tell you to not be an asshole, you're being an asshole. Come on. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it, it's, you know, it's just weird. Like, I, I think that the, let's put the moral element aside for the moment. And uh, essentially, it, it just, it's a weird strategic thing, right? Like when you're trying to rally your troops to get together for a big alarm clock op for your Chinese allies against another group of Chinese players to be sort of spitting this kind of stuff out and broadcasting it. Uh, it's just like, it's mixed messages. It doesn't make any sense. Um, what the fuck? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Jay, do you have any, uh, you, do you know who who's calling the shots over there? We're seeing Brother Bub and like, you know, Lady Scarlet memes and posts and stuff. Uh, who's in this sort of Apocalypse Now scene? Who's in charge? I think, you know? I think Vince is running the campaign up there, but I've seen any like edgy memes or anything out of him. So maybe I don't know he's grown up, but brother, brother Bob's basically a child, and yeah, yeah, uncomfortable. What a fucking mess. Okay, so uh, we have skipped so far the Cool Kids Club. Sorry about that. We were both in the middle of our respective rants. So we're going to go into Cool Kids Club. A lot of you are now in the Cool Kids Club that weren't before, thanks to uh, that generous donation of 25 subs. We really do appreciate that. Uh, and so here we go. And what are we, uh, Jay, talk about something while I mess with the channel. Well, Jay, actually, let me, let me, I, I want to ask your, I want to ask your question, you know, still off the soapbox and back to the, you know, what's happening in the game. What do you think the chances are that that fraternity and, and Pan Fam and the rest of these guys are going to be successful and they're going to be able to take Tinal and Branch. What do you think? Do you think that's possible? And if it is, what do you think that, what kind of impacts are going to have on the rest of the game? They really want to put in the man hours to take Tinal and Branch. I think they can probably do it. It would probably involve Horde and FRT moving their Titan fleets up, which would leave the drones really fucking exposed and probably isn't why they've done it so far. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, if they wanted to take the space, they can do it. And uh, FRT and Branch would, you know, if they if they want to move there, then it's pretty good space compared to what they've got now. In some ways, but not in others. Better true sec, better ratting, uh, or better rats, but you're not as isolated. <laughs> and I think they could very quickly learn that they're not as isolated as the drone regions. Because the way they are in the drone regions now, they've got, you've basically got two bonus factors for you you've got the no NPC space so you can't be harassed by bombers and you know small dread bombs but you also have got you know NC dot and horde one midpoint away from you if you if you really get into a big fuck up then they're going to be there in six seven minutes I mean, that's kind of the this. thing, right? I mean, if, if they go into yeah. Tenal and Branch, they're far, that's, you're kind of overextending yourself at that point because how, how do you get your allies there to help you? Then you're, you're pretty much in the far Northwest. It's easier for us to get to you than it is for them. So how are you going to get your guys, you know, out of Geminate and the far Eastern side of the map all the way over to Branch 
in a timely fashion if you need their help. I just, I think that kind of- If somebody wants things. to move into Declan, that's really the, the that's sort right. of the $64,000 strategic question. Like ownership of the Northwest is sort of controlled by who owns Declan, right? So you can take Tenal and Branch, but I think the big question is, you know, that's, that's the Deadco sort of strategic backfield. If, uh, and we don't know, and what I guess we're gonna be looking at is, okay, they can probably fight a holding action. If they go hardcore about it, they will almost certainly be able to take Tenal and Branch. But Declan is pretty fucking defensible. If you know what you're doing, Sort has a lot of practice in doing that. And then that sort of becomes the question. If they want to inhabit Branch and like swap out Branch for Awasa, you know, they got to do something about Declan. But I don't know if by the time that they get done with a potential Tenal and Branch thing, um, that's the thing it's, it's all timelines so they've been fighting for right. two months two and a half months now they've taken half of Tenal. um you, you know fighting's only ramped up in the last month or so like seriously where they're doing daily ops to do things but um you know give it another month and a half two months maybe you've taken all of branch you've been deployed for four months now if you're in nc dot and, uh, and some horde groups you know do you want to do you know another two months of a declan grind in space right. that's pretty easy for Goonswarm and, and uh, people that don't like bullies to get there. Yeah, you know you're going to get third-party if you do that. And not only that, it's like, at some point, I always I always question on some of these ops where it, it seems like the big groups are doing it for someone else. How long can you ask your guys to stay deployed to provide territory for somebody else, especially if it ends up being like rental space? I mean, really, uh, how, how long can you ask these guys to do it? It's not good content. This is Entosis bullshit. Nobody wants to do that. This is the stuff that you have to do. It's like eating your, you know, your beans before you can eat your your, your steak. It's like this is not the kind of thing that people want to do. They have to do it. So I, I just I don't know how long they're going to be able to sustain that level of operations before people get bored and start being said, "Hey, I want to go home. Can I bring my stuff back?" Right. There was a, I agree with that. I think it's, you know, every campaign has like a burnout clock essentially on it of like how long a given alliance can actively engage in strategic warfare and do the homework, the unfun bits in order to move the, move the dial. Um, however, I do want to abruptly change the subject because uh, Sideth had been kind enough to throw so much money at the screen uh, that, uh, which incidentally will probably just be spent on Warhammer 40k figures because I'm a huge fucking nerd if I ever, you know, whatever. If that ends up in my wallet at any capacity ever, I'll spend it on toys or something. Who knows? Um, but what he had a special request is, is to hear the story of the Ranger Regiment Sigil that uh, had basically tanked and dodged the Titans that had been uh, put on this IHUB and it was able to complete the cycle. Jay, can you actually tell the story? It was it was amazing. <laughs> it was like ten minutes after I I, I proclaimed to our to my fleet and that uh we were so fucking good at this game, then I tapped in and lost a ship. So, um, nodes what node wise in the Intosis contest we were at ninety five percent. We need one node to win, and uh, we were losing hackers right so we had about uh even number of hackers spinning up so if you have even number of hackers you know you're winning you win a node they win a node nothing happens um but there was one one hacker that we had you know we had one more than them and uh it was the sigil and um nc dot decided to drop on it with you know titans uh the, the funny the, the 
thing was one su- if they dropped one supercarrier on him, he would he would have died, and the, the node would have won been won. Of uh, you know, you know, started regaining a foothold, and we would have been there for another two hours or whatever. But um, they all dropped titans, and the titans were all long range gun fit. Kind of a fail. How, uh, how do you how do you drop a bunch of titans that are not at least basically half fit? I mean, you don't even tell these guys. What do you think? They, what do they think? They there might be like there might be like five or six dudes in there that were half fit or whatever. But like, you know, you drop ninety nine titans, they jumped in. You know, they're gonna bounce. And even if you're half fit, you're not gonna track a sigil which has you know is after burning. And because of that, you know, they all bounced. They jumped in. They all bounced. And uh, they couldn't track the sigil, and the sigil then won the node, and it was over. So uh, ninety-nine NC Titans versus one Ranger Regiment sigil. The Titans go boom, and the sigil manages to get the last critical node as all these guys and their uh, big boy toys are trying to take shots and uh, not connecting. That's uh, wow. Pretty good. <laughs> Well, that's cute. They must have been so been frustrated. Fun, <laughs> as much as this has been fun, we are almost out of time here. Uh, let's let's see if we can wrap this up real quick. Jay, did you have any shout outs at the end of the show here? A quick shout out to uh, all my boys in Sumo Swarm. You know who you are. Very nice. And for me, I just want to say happy birthday to Pando. Today's his birthday. So uh, I hope you're out having a good time today, my friend. I'm supposed to have a shout out, I guess. If but you want, uh, I didn't you don't have to. One. Uh, I'm, I'm just, my head is spinning. I'm like trying to piece all this. You guys get to kind of see the, me do the Matani stuff real time, which mostly involves me staring off into space and looking confused as I <laughs> trying to like fit the pieces of whatever the hell is happening in the Northwest uh, together. But actually, you know what? That's my shout out. My shout out is to everybody who's involved in this clusterfuck in the Galactic Northwest, because it's weird. It's fucked up. It's confusing. People are really mad. There's a lot of like bad behavior on all sides. And, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, that's EVE Online. <laughs> Welcome to EVE, right? Hell yeah. So thanks for watching, guys. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, people throwing money at the screen. That's always cool. Uh, shout out to Jay for coming on by and explaining to us what the hell is happening. And shout out to Brisk for managing all these things. And I think we even have credits this we got time credits around. this week. So yes, we're going to thank- give appropriate credit. Exactly. So thanks, guys. Again, thanks for spending your Saturday afternoon with us here on the Meta Show, and you stay classy, New Eden.